This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, episode 16, the BT Sports Special with me, Tim, uh, with JB. Hi Tim. And with Phil. Hi Tim. Uh, the BT Sports Special because what you're going to be hearing on this podcast is Ben Kay and Austin Healy and Paul Grayson and general behind the scenes action from our time when we got invited down to the filming of Rugby Tonight at BT Sport last Wednesday, which was uh, an entertaining little jaunt, wasn't it? Very nice indeed. It uh, almost didn't happen, didn't it? J- did it, JB? <laughs> almost did it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot that we were going to BT Sport, so I booked in a bunch of appointments, and luckily we just about made it out. So then when you re-juggled your appointments, you then decided you'd be casual, just like, you know, cook up a, a four-course lunch, <laughs> build a chicken coop, <laughs> the... while me and Phil were at his house waiting for you to turn up. Sorry, Tim. Thanks to Phil's car speeding, I mean, going the normal <laughs> speed down the M1 and the M6, we got there just about on time. Yeah. We got there loads of time. Well, we got there for four o'clock. We could have got there for six o'clock and still be fine. I quite enjoyed being there for I quite uh, enjoyed it those well, couple of extra still. hours. And JB decided to call shotgun and sit in the passenger seat and then be the perfect wingman by falling asleep the whole way. <laughs> Almost immediately fell asleep. <laughs> so we arrived in the shadow of the Olympic Stadium uh, and went on into BT Sport. Now, for a professional broadcaster... The reception wasn't quite what you'd expect, was it? No, I, I believe I referred to it as um, looking like the Baghdad Ritz, uh, post-bombing, mid-looting, I'd say. <laughs> mid-looting. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, Pre- pre-peace. There wasn't much that there was a desk, hideous orange sofa, and then like scaffolding and exposed <laughs> services and brick, <laughs> like, brickwork. The studios themselves, when you get in behind the reception, were fantastic. And standing yeah. on that Rugby Tonight set and everything, and, and on the on the pitch, which you were pretty taken with, the neon blue yeah. line markings, Phil. Yeah, it was lovely. And the way that they can uh, switch it between sports. So uh, I saw it a couple of days later, they had a basketball court and all. Within 10 minutes of being at, at the BT Sports Studios, and they basically gave us our own green room and said, off you go, boys, you know, make yourselves at home, go anywhere, and, uh, and we'll bring Ben K, Austin Healy, and, and various others to you, which you'll hear in a bit. But within 10 minutes of being there, JB had decided to go and stand by one of the boards as Austin Healy and Matt Dawson were prepping for the show later and decided to tell them that they'd got all the Welsh players wrong. One of the things which impressed me the most, actually, is their rugby knowledge. So they're very, very knowledgeable and very, very good pundits. But between all of them, they had no idea about Welsh rugby. They hadn't got a clue. Because well, that made three of you then, with you. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't that clued in. But basically, JB managed to blag his way to become a Welsh fan and expert. Yeah, I, I, well, I think as an expert in the definition of, 
you know more than the next person. I'm definitely not an expert. So basically, what you're going to hear later, and you, if you watch rugby tonight, uh, last Wednesday, which, well, at the time we're recording this, last Wednesday being the 8th of January, if you watch that one, the piece at the end that Sarah Elgin did talking about Welsh rugby, the two people in the crowd that you saw talking about it were JB, um, and because he roped in Tweedledum, uh, <laughs> Phil as well, who were their resident Welsh experts. So you're going to hear that a little bit later on in the podcast. What you're also going to hear is Paul Grayson. Uh, and right now, what you're going to hear is when we had a chat with Ben Kay and Austin Healy. All right then, so it's the halfway point in the, in the Premiership season. We picked a top four on the way down here in the car. And we all agreed on three. We couldn't agree on the fourth one. Uh, Northampton, Saracens, Bath. And is, would you go with those three and one other? And if so, who? I'd go with those three at the moment. Yeah, we always put four down at the start of the season. And I put those four down and Leicester in fourth. So so uh, you, you pre-picked Leicester in fourth at the start of the season? Yeah. Because that's, that's the way it's looking. Well, it'd be them or Quinn's. Or Jay thinks Exeter. Exeter. I don't think Exeter will finish fourth. No. I think their away form isn't quite good enough. Home form, yes, but not against the top four sides. They're they're unlikely to beat at home any of those top four teams. That's why. Did you put any money on that? We're we're not allowed to gamble here at Uh, BT Sport. We're a very uh, wholesome business. But if you had to put money on... What odds would I have got? <laughs> really good odds. I, I, I agree with Leicester probably, just because there's that much pressure on them to get to fourth. I think they would sort of feel the pressure from uh, the board and the fans if they didn't qualify for the playoffs. Uh, but I think it's vitally important that they, they get some of their injuries back, particularly Anthony Allen, I think, is the guy that's yeah. been missing. He was down uh, in the initial reports that he might play last weekend, but he, he didn't quite make it. So the impact he can have when he comes back is big, but you know it's a lot of pressure on one guy that we've all been saying he's the reason Leicester haven't been ticking. If Leicester don't make fourth, do you think there's going to be pressure on Cockle? Not after you've just signed a five-year yeah. contract, no, <laughs> unless they want to have a big payoff. <laughs> Look, I don't think there would be this year purely because of his record over the last few seasons in getting to the final. Because mm. um, Leicester have got to eight out of the last nine Premiership finals, haven't they? Or just, just some, some nine, out of, nine out of ten. Is it nine out of ten? It's the last nine. Nine of ten. On, just said that. No, last nine. <laughs> All of the last nine. Well, if you go to ten. <laughs> if you go, nine out if you go nine. as far as ten. <laughs> but nine out of nine, yeah. It seems like you two could probably do with a couple of rounds in the ring or something. Out of your, out of your BT Sport... Austin's not got a round ring anymore. <laughs> out of your BT Sport colleagues, who would you, uh, who would you most and least like to get in, a, get in the ring with if we, put, we said you've got to? You've got for to charity. Have... Well, you've, yeah. got, you've, you've got to get in the ring with one and you haven't got to get in the ring with the other. That was the question, was it? Okay. I'd go for get in the ring with Sarah. She's smaller than me. <laughs> Give her a right kick in. Uh, and not get in the ring. Probably Bafes, actually, because he's the biggest. Yeah. Although you would see a punch coming, wouldn't you, when his arms are literally <laughs> as long as my entire body. <laughs> You'd definitely see it going. Well, you could stop it. Who knows? I, I've had a taste of getting into the ring with Austin uh, when Austin decided it'd be a, a really good idea to um, let me basically put some gloves on and he would avoid me for 60 seconds. He was convinced <laughs> he'd be able to do it. About a millisecond in, he started swinging back because he the look of panic on his face. Me in the face before the, the bell went. The look of panic on his face, and it was possibly the most enjoyable minute of my life. <laughs> sorry, sorry to my wife. And that's, not uh, a that, that's never a minute. But uh, so yeah, I would love more. I, I would love a, a full 
bout with Austin. The person I'd least like to get into the ring for a full bout would be Austin because he would whinge and moan so much. <laughs> After beating you. <laughs> Why don't we have a UFC octagon? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we can organise that. Great. Uh, Phil, one thing that's been, that's been on our podcast um, is something we could do called Rugby Oki. Yeah, so we like to uh, celebrate rugby players singing. Um, quite a lot of them do. Yeah, I'm amazed at how many, how many do. So during any initiations or any other time, have you done any singing and what did you choose? Was that, was that the England initiation? In yeah, yeah. I was on the coach, first cap. What was your song? I sang uh, Molly I Malone. I love the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Malone, I sang in Dublin. Good I, I sang Green Green Grass of Home. You, and I've you're, also you're rubbing your eyes as you say that. Is it? Bad? No, no, no. no it's it's good memories. Good memories. memories. I uh, <laughs> and I've also sung Elvis uh, twice, dressed up. Well, more than that now, but because uh, Austin asked me to do it at one of his events. But I had a ladies' night, so I did a Elvis Presley impersonation at it in front of in his late years. I take it in front of two thousand. <laughs> yeah, white jumpsuit. <laughs> the white jumpsuit. Two thousand screaming women, probably for the wrong reason. Uh, they were screaming, and uh, yeah. How tight was the jumpsuit? <laughs> that, that was screaming. <laughs> There's a surprising um, uh, number of your uh, of people around in your England era who have had successful media careers and commentary and punditry and stuff like that. Out of the players you played with, who would be the the last person you would expect to be picking up a, a BT Sport microphone or standing in front of the camera? Most of them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I mean, uh, they've all surprised me with their. Let, you know, varying levels of success, both in media and in business. The one who surprised me the most is Leon Lloyd. Yeah, he's a chief executive of a big company, which is going places, and he's at the helm of that. Now, that's the one that surprised me the most. I mean, come on, Leon. We used to sit in the changing room together making up songs, and you weren't, weren't Leon very good Lloyd, with words. Leon uh, was once used as a distraction to talk to me, whilst one of my rugby friends knelt down behind me. Hang on. And then pushed <laughs> me over. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said we couldn't swear or tell any stories like that. You absolutely can. Who's the biggest surprise on BT Sport? It's got to be Dawes, hasn't it, really? He's not got a face for TV. <laughs> There's a big... Uh, <laughs> AO picture of him out oh, there. Oh, it's a picture of that. It's very flattering. That's it's not, actually, it's not his best doubles, angle. That doubles as <laughs> security at night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the satellite dish. Bounce the signals. Now, we actually think that one of the best pundits outside of BT Sport, obviously, is Will Greenwood. So who would you trade? I'd trade for Austin for, for Will. <laughs> Definitely. Do you reckon uh, Sky would do that? Yeah, it, it's got to be a realistic trade. You can't just throw anyone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw, we'll throw in Dorse as well. Then. Yeah, that's not the so you, you, you think Will's that good that you'd trade both of us for him? It's pretty good. Well, Dorse is <laughs> touch and go, but if I had to make up the numbers. I just generally think it's quite easy for Will to stand out on that channel. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, <laughs> I think we might have made a similar point a few times. Oh, amazing! As I used to say, you know, if you go to the fruit bowl and they're all bruised, but one's not that badly bruised, which apple do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we originally thought half of Martin Bayfield, but you know, maybe you endorse. I think uh, out of all the other on other channels, guys that are pretty good. I like Jonathan Davis. I think he's always been pretty good and very well balanced. Um, even well, most of the time. Um, and who else do I think is pretty good? I actually like listening to Eddie Butler. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I've worked with Eddie on the BBC, and I, you know he's he's great to listen to. Makes tons of mistakes, but he's really good to listen to. He I makes a great, great pre-game montage. Yeah, his voice. Yes, he's he very, has very, very good on those. A good, rousing good voice. Mark Regan, just just for comedy effect. 
I know you did. That takes us back to another question. I mean, he's probably out of that World Cup squad, the person who's you know not been successful at all in his future life. <laughs> here, here, here Bab. What are you saying about me? I've got eight I'm ambassadorships. Saying, I'm saying you stupid, Babs, and you're not very clever, which is the same thing. <laughs> Could I be really cheeky and ask for a tongue-in-cheek line at Who's cheek? Show? This. Oh, you had to mention it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Ben Kay. When I'm not dropping balls over try lines in World Cup finals, I'm downloading the latest Egg Chasers rugby podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Ben. Uh, you've got a choice, Oz. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Austin Healy, and it's time to clear a few things up on the Egg Chasers podcast. I'm Kay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have not had a hair transplant. The, the advanced hair studios advert. I advertised a shampoo for them. That's oh, what. Oh right. Unfortunately, Graham Gooch had a hair transplant, as did a variety of other people uh, who but you can see on their website. I advertised a shampoo, which made your hair thicker. There's a slight it difference. It was. But we can't afford it. Hasn't worked for you. Hasn't worked for you either, son. Hasn't worked for you. My hair's all right. At least it's still there, Ben, and not on my arse like you what? with you. Well, I apologise well, for my hair from your arse. And another thing to clear up: when I'm not winding up Welsh fans on Twitter, I'm downloading the latest Egg Chasers rugby podcast. I don't think I've ever wound up the Welsh fans. They get wound I've, up. I've, yeah, they get wound they get up. Wound but up it's only right. the trolls that react, and yeah. unfortunately, there's millions of them in Wales. Not many people have Twitter. And then finally, the thing to clear up when I'm listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, when I'm not plotting the perfect crime to kill Matt Dawson. Me and Dawson have been roommates for years. I, if I wanted to kill him, I would have done it years yeah. and years ago. Yeah. You've taken him to the brink a couple of times. He woke up with a sore bum, but apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> ben Kay and Austin Healy, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. That was Ben Kay and Austin Healy on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast having a natter to us. Uh, Austin Healy is genuinely really sharp. Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. It's not a cliche when people say, oh, well, Austin's Austin. No, Austin is Austin. There isn't like, he doesn't say time off or any such thing. He is just like that. All the time as well. Like, even when he's just messing him out. Yeah, messing him out with some of the the crew production guys. He had a bit of an issue with some of those liners that that we tried to get him to read. (laughs) But due to the wonders of editing, I can actually make him say them how I wanted him to say them anyway. Oh, can, uh, can 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 we hear them? Yeah, you can. When you just delete the bits where he's complaining <laughs> at what we wrote, and you just leave what we wanted him to say. In, ben, so. K, uh, ben K is ace. Ben K is like, he's like Austin Healy's minder. Uh, that's basically what he is. Hi, I'm Austin Healy, and when I'm not plotting the perfect crime to kill Matt Dawson, I'm downloading the latest Egg Chasers rugby podcast. <laughs> just makes it sound like that is what he's saying. Yeah, right? that was a very clean Very edit. good, Tim. Very good. Hi, I'm Austin Healy. When I'm not winding up Welsh fans on Twitter, I'm downloading the latest Egg Chasers rugby podcast. It is true. I mean, it's funny that we, we used that, we wrote that little liner down, because it was only a day after we were there, and Austin Healy and Nigel Owens were having a bit of a spat, weren't they, on Twitter? I yeah. saw this, right, and I don't think it's quite... I, I, I think it developed into a spat, I don't think one of them meant what they said. Uh, I think a lot of it's actually been deleted, because I tried to go back, because Austin Healy, like, blocked Nigel Owens to finish it off. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah. So what basically was the gist? He was slagging off who first? It's uh, something about refereeing decisions, OK? And then... I think Austin Healy said it's much harder to play international rugby than it is to ref international rugby. And yeah. Nigel Owen said, uh, have you tried either or something like that? Yeah, have you tried doing both? Yeah. 
and then that was it, really. But there's only well, one... No, there was a lot of, like... Oh, I only saw, like, the... Snap, like, snapping at each other and qu- very quickly responding with a bit of a comeback. Oh, really? Oh, no, yeah. I, I, didn't see, I, I didn't see all of it. But there again, who has tried both? The only guy I can think of is... Glenn Jackson. Glenn Jackson, yeah. I would say Nigel Owens is world-class. At yeah, refereeing, awesome. that's all. That's all I'd say. He's the best in the business. Is, is Nigel Owens a better referee than Austin Healy was a rugby player? Not comparable. The other thing, of course, you heard uh, us talking about to Austin Healy and Ben K right then was rugby oki, and uh, well, that that moves us nicely on to rugby oki. This is where we celebrate rugby players who love to sing, and there are a surprising amount of them. A lot of them. This we, we thought this was just going to be Alex Corbiziero rapping. Mm. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. diet. Scrum is straight, turn is right, I don't deny, deny it. it. Test me, try it, style you don't buy it. I'm going to grab the so mic. So do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Fly it, up, up high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. L-I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick of tenants, you can't buy this. Thought it was just going to be that, and we thought it was just going to be Ben Foden, and but it turned out Matt Stevens. Oh, big news! Flutie. Big news! Yeah, uh, Austin Healy's doing splash the diving thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so is Una Foden. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I mean, I'm not interested in seeing Una Foden in a swimsuit. I'm just interested <laughs> in her form when she's diving. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, back to rugby okey, and uh, yeah, the latest person who not only loves to sing, has done it on live television. And has a really good voice is Damien Varley, the Munster hooker. Mm. He's in the Irish squad as well. And here he is on live Saturday night television in Ireland a couple of months ago singing Lean On Me. Stevens-esque, that, wasn't it? He's got a pair of pipes, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, very good. Uh, so, well done, Damien Varley. And uh, there you go, that's your latest instalment of Rugby Oki, which I'll, I'll post a little link to the video of that, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, now, he plays for Munster, which sort of leads nicely into the Heineken Cup, which happened over the weekend. So, we'll, t- we'll talk at a bit more length over this, ahead of the final round of matches in our Friday podcast. But, uh, pick of the weekend, then, from the Heineken Cup. Um, go on, Phil. For me, the the cast Leinster game really? I thought was yeah was really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, some great tries and some good offloading play, good hard running. Um, the two kind of standout players I thought were uh, Lamarat, the inside centre for mm-hmm. Cast, who looked really really good and mm-hmm. scored a try right at the end, um, and was practically in tears at the end because them losing meant that um, they're basically out ah. if they'd have won that game which, they, which they could have uh, Saturday's game yes Saturday afternoon it was the alternative game to uh, Harlequins Claremont which was also a great game well I mean I watched the Saracens game do you see that yeah I thought Saracens game was absolutely awesome brutal yeah, yeah. that's exactly Br- what it brutal was brutal is it, the word uh, that's how men play rugby <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, the scrimmaging. I, um, I, I enjoy watching the scrimmage, but, you know, it's... 
I've never seen scrummaging which looked that painful. <laughs> it just looked... When, when those front rows came up, I think it was like second half and the front rows started coming up, It just I just felt that someone was going to get severely injured. It looked awful. And of that game, Louis Pickamole. Oh, my word. Oh, personal hero of mine. The man, yeah. is a, man is a beast. He is, isn't he? He's humongous, isn't he? He's incredible. But uh, Phil pointed out something quite interesting, which was the, the Toulouse pack was how much lighter? Uh, half a stone a man. Half a stone a man. Where's that size? Because you think about Saracens. I don't think about Saracens as a massive pack. Do All they? in Billy, v- Billy Vanapola's yeah. bum. Well, they've well, got, well, got a powerful nonsense. core, hasn't he? They've got three guys over 20 stone. The two Vunny Polars and James Johnson, who are but James Johnson's playing like against 21. his bigger brother, right? Yeah, okay. yeah that's true. <laughs> so that can, that that, can, that cancels out him. They've got the um, two lightweight flankers, yeah. though, haven't they? Yeah, but it's such a typical Toulouse team, which is they've got huge strength and depth. They've got a couple of got a, a smattering of internationals, and then out of nowhere, they've got you know uh, the the France under uh, under twenty scrum half slash fly half slotting kicks. Yeah, so the, it, it, they, they look like a good outfit. And then, um, can we also just talk a little bit about um, uh, about Owen Farrell? Looked completely out of his depth. I see. I almost... I don't. I don't. I don't agree no. with that. Do, do you not? Do you not think? No. When, I... when they had the ball, second half, down to fourteen men, and they're in. The... I saw you choosing to take the Egg Chasers collective <laughs> Twitter account and start doing quite uh, derogatory tweets about Owen Farrell. Did you delete them, Tim? No, I didn't delete oh, them. That's I didn't. I didn't see them in time. <laughs> <laughs> I only seen the first half, but. I thought we played played well. My pick of the weekend would be Harlequins. Kind of heroic in defeat. It's kind of the <sighs> Quinn's way, isn't it? To be gallant losers, yeah, really. They right. threw it away, though. They Th- did. 13-3 up at half-time. I... And then were winning because they were playing rugby all over the pitch. But instead of like using their experience and when they had that 10-point lead, kicking corners, controlling the game, they continued to play rugby in their own half. And ended up getting turned over, losing ball, and Claremont We're eventually stupidly lost. Like well, again, the, the bounce of the ball got, got in Mike Brown's way. I suppose you can forgive him that. But that penalty at the end, it's like deal with it. You're mm. in your 22, five minutes to go. Deal with it. Yeah, get um, territory. And, and they just they messed about too much in their own 22 penalty against. Yeah, and they did play some really good rugby. There was something which went up on Twitter, which you put up, Tim, and I'm interested to find out exactly uh, what 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 it was like in the flesh. Did you attend the Dean Ryan press conference? I did. How was it? <laughs> um, I like Dean Ryan. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't ask for, <laughs> for the praise of Dean Ryan's character. Just, he, yeah. he was searching for the positives and was focusing... Was focusing on, Where did he look? Was focusing on the young players in his team that are developing and talking about it being a five-year plan and... <laughs> All of the things he's been saying all season. Oh, wow. Fancy that. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad loss. It's yeah, a bad it loss because it's one of those things where you might be able to win a different competition and kickstart your season. But it's only the Amelin Challenge Cup. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's totally focusing on the Premiership. Rightly so. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll talk at more length about the Heineken Cup because it has set up the final round of matches with some people having nothing to play for, some people having everything to play for. So we'll talk about that in Friday's podcast. But back to BT Sport. We were guests at the filming of Rugby Tonight last Wednesday and very soon you're going to hear JB and Phil's debut on television <laughs> as a Welsh fans and experts JB oh is, is a native well not native but he is a Welshman mm-hmm. living in England uh, Phil have you got any connection to Wales at all? He knows me uh, Yes I've got a few Welsh friends Okay good <laughs> uh, and we got some time with Paul Grayson and uh, we spent a bit of time with him and at the halfway point in the Premiership season we asked Paul Grayson how did he rank the fly halves in the Premiership 
and first who he thought would make it into the top four come the end of the regular season. We've picked all the same three of the same teams: Saracens, Northampton, Bath, and then we all disagree on the fourth team. How do you see the top four panning out? Uh, you, I would not bet against the top four without Leicester. Do you yeah. think the other three do you Le- agree with those? Uh, yes, I do, mm. and I think Leicester have got half a team to come back in. I watched them um, for BT Sport last weekend, and that's the first time I can remember both their props playing 80 minutes in a game for I couldn't think how many seasons that has been that shows where they are squad wise but the players they got to come back in I think Leicester will come with a late season soon So who do you think coming back into the team now is going to make the, the, the biggest impact? Um, Tuolangi Of course yeah. Yeah. Sheer physical presence and go forward and that is a little bit of what they've lacked all season and also he isn't the forgotten man amongst the rugby fraternity because we all know how good a player he is, Anthony Allen. It makes him. Yes, yes. Difference I agree with that. That's yeah, a good shout. Because they've had um, Geneva playing 13, who's really a winger, and Bowden playing 12, who isn't really a 12. He's, like, a, he's a Kiwi 12. He's a he's a 10 stroke yeah. 12, a little bit like um, Floody was at Grace, the weekend. Of that four, pick your winner then. Come on then. It's hard to. It, the playoffs make it tricky. I mean, Northampton got to the final last year, but finished mm. a distant fourth in the league but absolutely ambushed Saracens in the semis. So once you get there, if everyone's full, fully fit squads, it's hard to bet against Northampton, to be perfectly honest, because they're, um, they've invested heavily mm-hmm. and they're likely to George North can win a game of his own. So, yeah, um, yeah it's absolutely tight. If you're asking me to spend my own money on a bet, <laughs> I'd probably go with... Saracens at a pinch. Mm. One thing we wanted to ask you, as a you know a former international ten, is as far as you can rank the the Premiership tens in some sort of order. We put Nick Evans at the top. Is that how you'd see it? Okay. Yeah, um, well, in terms of depending on what your ranking system's about, in terms of uh, uh, s- skill sets, I think there are a couple who can match him in terms of actual delivery and. Uh, record and, and credibility credibility over a long period um, he would have to be top but I think we've got some lads who will be um, who aren't far behind him well my um, my criteria for this is you've got the World Cup final tomorrow you've got a match which you need to win tomorrow who would you go with out of the premiership I'm not available <laughs> <laughs> that was no. our choice that was our choice <laughs> yes, well um, who would I go with out of the premiership yeah out and out playoff it would it would be um Nick Evans, yeah. Done. Okay. But Paul Grayson has spoken. When I first started watching rugby, like club rugby, it was the year that Northampton won the Heineken Cup final. Now, there was a thing about Northampton then, which was that the first trophy that they ever won was the Heineken Cup. Is that actually true? Well, prior to that, over, they say, 120 years history, only won one major cup. Bearing in mind, there's only been a handful of cups to play for and that wasn't over 120 years so they hadn't won the league they hadn't won the John Player Cup or the Pilkington Cup we'd been to two or three finals hadn't won the second tier European championship so bar the second division title which I suppose is a trophy of sorts one you want to forget um, <laughs> uh, that's the only one Oh wow! At that point, yeah. Fact. There we go. <laughs> Confirmed Ending with a fact. Excellent. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for your time. We'll, we'll really catch you later. No worries, man. Cheers. That was Paul Grayson having an attitude to us backstage at the filming of Rugby Tonight last week. So uh, he was a nice chat, wasn't he? He's, he's, he was awesome. I, I was delighted when they said that we, that we were going to have Paul Grayson join us. Well, I asked the question, and part of it was when I first start, started watching rugby. 
I genuinely mean Paul Grayson used to be one of my favourite players. Don't know why, <laughs> he just was. <laughs> he was one of those sort of players that did... Uh, did everything really well, but very. We didn't. He didn't have any sort of showmanship or glamour about what he did. So, yeah. I, so it's got. It's quite interesting to hear someone that he was your favourite player. I, mean, though, I think. What I don't was, think he would be many people's favourite player. Would no. he? one of one of. I think what it was is I watched um, an England game. I think he he got the record for points for one game or, or something. Bearing in mind, you you really dislike Owen Farrell. I find it quite interesting that you really like. Hang on, Paul they're completely Grayson. different players. No, I'd say they're, yeah, what, they're quite similar. You never saw Paul Grayson strutting around trying to start start fights, <laughs> pushing everyone around. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Grayson ranked the fly halves and that was one of the big contentious talking points in the EPS squad that Stuart Lancaster selected do you think Stuart Lancaster got it right? It's interesting you say that because have you, you've seen the squads haven't you? Yeah so he's, he's effectively picked two squads and I've got Ooh. a little uh, present for both, Thank you. both of you uh, Phil's just handed us a piece of paper it's colour coded which is the two squads um, so it's the, on the left, the Six Nations squad, which is 35, and on the right, the EPS squad, which is 33. Yeah. And I've then colour-coded the differences. So you do have a job, yeah? You're not just getting <laughs> dressed in your suit in the morning and spending the day in the park. Uh, this is my job, podcasting. <laughs> this, is, this is some good work. So the EPS, generally people who are in the EPS but not in the Six Nations are injured. Corbusiero, Croft, Parlin, Wilson, ah. uh, uh-huh. Yard, Wade... Tuolagi and Foden. But Burns is not injured. Burns played on Saturday. Mm-hmm. However, he's in the main, like the, the bigger long term squad, but he's not in the short term Six Nations squad. I think squad. I know the answer to this. And Myler's in the short term squad. Like, if I needed someone to come in at 10 in the Six Nations, Stephen Myler, you, might, you might be my man, but Freddie Burns, sorry, I don't want you now. Which is kind of exactly what I said last week. I said. Burns might be one for the future. Give him some time to rediscover his form at Gloucester before putting him back in the England shirt. But that list, everyone in the EPS squad who's not in the Six Nations squad is injured. He's injured, besides for Freddie Burns. Yeah. So that's... He's the only player who's retained a place in the EPS squad. Yeah, but... Who the, is fit. Um, um, who, who isn't in the Six Nations squad. Yeah. Which, which is peculiar. Yeah. It's it's an anomaly. So, do you think basically what Stuart Lancaster's doing is saying, on form, Freddie, you're not good enough now, but I'm not going to cast you yeah. into the wilderness. It, it wouldn't be the decision I would make. No, me neither. Uh, well, but I can understand his thinking. So, what do we think it is with Burns? Do you reckon the? Uh, I, think, might... I think it's just that. I think it's as form. simple as that. It's you're not good enough for my Six Nations. If I had one injury, I wouldn't want to put you on the bench, Freddie Burn. You're not playing well enough. Do you think yeah. he's? It's... But he's not. But he's not casting him out. Do you think he's upset the powers that, that be because there's a lot of people talking about him now in regards to transfers and that kind of thing? Freddie Burns, nah. nah. Well, he's not doing anything wrong. Well, I mean, it's been all over all yeah, of the papers. He's out two. of contract. Players are allowed to move. Yeah, who's, mm. who's going to get annoyed at that? Look at Henry Thomas. He's in the uh, Six Nations squad. But he has strong links to a move to Bath for him. Yeah. yeah. So I, know, I don't know. It, it can't be that. The Six Nations squad, uh, quick, quickly, who's playing 13? Yeah, that's a very good point. Because <laughs> Tuolagi drops, who was the 13 in the EPS squad, drops out and Burrell comes in. Mm. Um, and Burrell is a 12 and he plays all his rugby at 12, and he's playing alongside Barrett, 12, Eastman, 12, 12 trees, 12. Is Barrett injured? Uh, sorry, yeah, no, not Barrett, Barrett sorry. Um, they're all, Tom, Tomkins. Uh, yeah, Tomkins is injured. 
Um, and so the obvious choice would have been Jonathan Joseph, who's playing really well yeah. at Bath, scoring tries, his defence is good, um, his all-round game looks good, but they've strangely chosen a fourth, 12. Hmm, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting to see how England line up. I'm sure, well, we can preview that a little bit more in the uh, podcast in a couple of weeks' time, just before the Six Nations gets underway. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Kvezik's made it as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, something, that's something interesting about being down at uh, BT Sport. Like, Ben Kay and Austin Healy, um, and, and all the guys kind of laugh and joke and take the mickey out of each other, but they won't slag off any of the players who are currently playing for form or whatever. They, they were all... They would either not mention something or be positive about them, like yes, that, when that when they true. were when they were working through the the six like the the England shirts and some of the players there who haven't been playing well, yeah, they just kind of glossed over it rather than what we do. Well, I suppose we haven't got to uh, you know say hey, welcome to the program, Matt Kvetic. Yeah, uh, we will uh, look ahead to the Six Nations, uh, and you mentioned uh, BT there, Phil. Yeah, we were guests of BT Sport uh, at rugby tonight. And why um, did we mention that? <laughs> and we, we've already heard from Paul Grayson and you've already heard from Ben Kane, Austin Healy. Hi, I'm Austin Healy and it's time to clear a few things up on the Egg Chasers podcast. I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ben uh, Coe is going to be delighted with that. That's Austin Healy. Um, and you're going to hear the, the finale of tonight, t- today's programme is going to be Phil and JB making their turn as Welsh rugby experts on rugby oh. tonight. However, right as we're, as we're on that, let's pick a dream team then. This is where we select a topic and then pick a 15. We can rattle through this pretty quickly, I reckon. Yeah. But a pundit and commentary 15. So this is made up of former players who are now in the media. Uh, Lou said... David Flatman. David Flatman, straight in. Stuart, uh, Stuart Barnes could probably work as a prop. <laughs> he probably could. Do you know what? Because <laughs> I, I, I don't really remember Stuart, Bond, Stuart Barnes playing. The first exposure I had to Stuart Barnes was on the rugby club. And I would swear down, what, looking at him on the rugby club, that he, that he, he was, was a forward. Yeah. Um, did you see, just very quickly, um, David Flatman's tweet during the Ospreys-Northampton game? Nope. When the Northampton scrum was completely overpowering the Ospreys scrum and Ryan Bevington was just going back at a rate of knots and got a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Flatman tweeted, "There's, he's not done anything wrong there. There's no penalty for just being beaten in the scrum. By the way, um, disclaimer here, I got battered for three or four scrums <laughs> this weekend, so I know I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, what is the? Uh, what are they penalising? The pen- are mm. they penalising... Oh, Tim, you're the resident ref. If, well, what are they penalising? If someone's collapsing it... If, they, if they're collapsing or they're standing up or they're deliberately turning, but if they're just walking backwards, backwards. There's nothing, you're right. Yeah. And there's he, he there's got, no law against that. You got a yellow card effectively for that. Uh, the, another prop then, uh, Paul Wallace. I quite like. Yeah, fine by me. Tight head. Uh, Paul Wallace was, was a tight head, wasn't he? Yeah. What, what about hooker? Because you've got plenty of options now. Yes, we have got options at hooker now. Instantly springs to mind be uh, Keith Wood. Yeah. Sean Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I quite like. He's, have you noticed his little gammy uh, little finger? He's got a little hey, finger. Sean Fitzpatrick. That, he's got a little finger that points down oh. and off to the side, like he's got no tendon in it. My old PE teacher <laughs> had like these two these two fingers, which kind of went like the opposite way to the opposite way to his hand. They're horrible. <laughs> right angles to the rest of the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Any more? A hooker? No one said the one the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> Who? Uh, Brian Moore. Oh, of course, Brian Moore. And it kicked it away again. Toby Flood. God's sake! <laughs> Lucy. Brian Moore would be worth putting in purely for these sort of comments. Why is he even doing that? 
You're a fullback. <laughs> but he's so impartial, isn't he? I can't have him in. Can we have Keithwood? Over Sean Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Actually, no, like, Sean Fitzpatrick. Actually, yeah, I like Sean Fitzpatrick. Go on then. And Raphael Ibanez wasn't bad. Sean Sean Fitzpatrick's in. Yeah, okay, done. What What would Brian Moore say to us putting Sean Fitzpatrick in uh, Pundit Fifteen? I don't know, uh, Phil. What would <laughs> What would he say? So what is he even doing there? God's <laughs> sake! <laughs> All right, okay. So uh, into the locks then. The locks—they pick themselves, don't they? It's, it's the it's the BT Sport duo of Bates and K, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Bayfield, what what a man! A bit disappointed he wasn't there. Well, I I said to one of the one of the producers, um, I was very impressed with Austin and and, and Ben K when they did like, a, a double act kind of after dinner speaking thing. I've said that before on the podcast, and they said, oh, well, the best guy at that is Bayfield. He is, he is awesome. He did the BT Sport uh, Christmas party court session. Well, Christmas court, court session. Christmas court <laughs> session and apparently just ruined uh, everyone in the room. Uh, right, back row then. Uh, we can rattle through this. Uh, what about Scotty Quinnell for some of his rousing speeches? Okay. Like basically, he's just like a, a clown now, isn't he? He's like, right, and now we're going to go to Scott for his big rousing pre-match talk-up. He's this like, is the time. This is the your moment. <laughs> Sorry about the, the accent. You got to have the passion, the belief. <laughs> you got to believe you can do it. I, uh, that hard not makes me laugh. There isn't an episode that goes by where he didn't say, "I couldn't read, I couldn't write." Yes, Scott, but but, <laughs> but you're eighteen stone of man mountain. <laughs> you can pummel people in the face. So, uh, you don't need to read and write. Uh, other contenders would be oh, well, Loris Delalio at eight. Come on. Uh, you could play six, like I've said he could. I quite like Scott Quinnell, as long as you don't want any like, analysis or anything like that yeah. out of him. You don't want any analysis and you don't want to win. You've got enough analysis in that, in that, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. that one to seven so far. Fine. So uh, Scott Quinnell and Loris Delalio, six and eight. And who, who gets seven? Is it Alan Quinlan? Um, Pat Sanderson? Sanderson. Sanderson. Sanderson's a good solid Pat, seven. Pat Sanderson, Pat. good good seven. And then uh, Scott Quinnell, Lawrence Delalio. Into the backs then. Right, this is the debate. Dawson or Healy? In, Daw- in, in rugby, uh, throughout their career, the choice is always Dawson over Healy. But what's it to be, Healy or Dawson? Oh, <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's Dawson. You reckon? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's your, he's your favourite of the yeah. two. Actually, I, I do prefer Healy as a pundit. Healy's funny. And he's certainly better than Dowie Morris. Oh. oh, yeah, I forgot about Dowie Morris. <laughs> Everyone yeah. forgets what Dowie Morris is. Again, another, con- another contender for a forward. Prop. <laughs> yeah. Prop. Stuart Barnes, Dowie Morris. Yeah, right. what, what are those? What's Sky feeding those two? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to their canteen. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, Healy would be my choice. Yeah, I, I'd pick Healy over Dawson. There you go, Austin. Finally, a win. You, you've got picked <laughs> you've over. You've done it, you've done it. <laughs> you, might have, you came second in Strictly Come Dancing and Dawson got the Lions Test victory. What about Andy Dawson Nichol? got the World Cup. Andy Nichols, good shout. Andy Nichols, another one. And he also played on the Lions tour when he shouldn't have been there. I think he's a baggage handler or, or, or something. That's not a joke. <laughs> Austin Healy is our nine. Okay. Uh, fly half then. So uh, Stuart Barnes then, yeah? Uh, Michael Liner, Jonathan Davies. Jonathan Davies. Jonathan Davies. Yeah. You could potentially fill in a fullback. He played there a league a bit. Oh, we might need him to actually. Yes, what? true. All right, so it's Jonathan Davies, unless we need a fullback. All right, centres. Will Greenwood. Captain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With uh, Jeremy Guscott. Jeremy Guscott. Yeah, go on then. Guscott <laughs> and Greenwood. How on? Is it not another... That'd be a great, like, great. actual team centre partnership. Yeah. As well. Can, Can you think of a better well, 12-13 axis well, here's in, the thing, right? in England's recent history? Yeah, all-time greatest. Well, here's the thing. You only become a pundit if you were, if you were a good player. So, by definition, this team might be the best one which have actually picked in their, in their prime. I know what you're saying. This 15 would probably 
in a match beat any of our other 15s. Yeah. yeah uh, wingers then. Uh, y- Yian Evans on one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shane Horgan. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't particularly like oh, him as a no, player. Thank you. Um, oh, I don't mind him. David Campisi. More Australian. It doesn't oh, really do anything I for us. I quite like him making you... He just makes your blood boil. He, he does. He winds everyone up. He's, but he's quite good like that. He's sort of the... Uh, like, like, as Austin Healy is to Welsh people, David Campisi is to Englishmen. Yeah. yeah and he, apparently he was quite good as a player. He was all right. He was a bit tidy. So David yeah. Camp, one of the all-time greats, David Campisi and Yian Evans on the wings and uh, full-back. Do we go like a Tinas Delport or do you actually just move... Do you, do you go... Move Jonathan Davis Move Jonathan or... Davis to full-back and then who do you have at fly-off then? Michael Liner? Yeah, do that. Not, Liner. not a terrible decision, is it? Yeah, Liner at 10, Jonathan mm-hmm. Davis at no. full-back. That's a good uh, good pundit 15, that. Good yeah. work. And now for the, the main event, the finale, uh, we picked the pundit 15 this week as our dream team because uh, we have a BT Sport special on the podcast. We were there at the filming of Rugby Tonight. And, uh, yeah, so JB managed to worm his way onto the telly by just yeah. going and telling Austin Healy and Matt Dawson uh, I in the team. rehearsals who should be on the board for the Welsh team. I picked that team. So then Sarah Elgin went, all right, well, you can talk about Wales then. She went, yeah. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> and then JB managed to go, I'll tell you what, Phil can talk about uh, Wales as well, even yeah. though he's not Welsh. Yeah. Any Welsh funds? The only person that didn't talk was the person whose, whose profession is talking. I was very upset that Craig Doyle wasn't there. Mm. Very upset. It's a shame. Well, yeah. you got Sarah Elgin, though. That is true. And uh, the zip on her skirt was coming down. Was it? Yeah, did you, did you <laughs> see Did you it? tell her? No, no, no. no. She, had, she, um, she had this a point, right, where she couldn't do, couldn't, couldn't do, do the zip and BT Sport had burst in all, all, all the fans for the show. She goes around and goes, uh, can someone just help me with my zip? And there was nearly a riot. <laughs> nearly an actual riot. <laughs> I'll help, I'll help! <laughs> Well, this is it. This is the moment. So uh, Sarah Elgin had just done a little report on the state of Welsh rugby and uh, then she came to some Welsh experts and fans. This is uh, JB's moment. Uh, how were you feeling before this, JB? Uh, terrified. It's, it's scary, isn't terrified. it? Terrified. I've not done anything even remotely similar. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty nervous. This podcast is a bit different because if we get something wrong, we can just edit it out. Yeah. Whereas this was live to... The Rugby Nation. Mm. You did all right, mate. You did all right. Thanks, boss. (laughs) Okay, well, have we got any Welsh fans in the audience? Ah, there you are. One. 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 I mean, two. Um, Right, what do you make of the whole situation at the moment? I should probably give a little bit of context. So, uh, JB, you were going to be asked about what do you make of all the Welsh people leaving Wales? Which I obviously think is a great idea. Nobody else thinks Quite a controversial (laughs) position to take. Because nobody thinks about it, right? They, They just get asked this stock question and the stock answer is, oh, it's terrible. But it's not terrible. It's actually a really, really good thing. Well, I was actually... Because I was stood behind you and I could see Austin Healy and I was watching Austin Healy's face and when you first started talking, his face screwed up like he was smelling a fart. (laughs) By the end of you talking, I've got to say, he was sort of like eyebrows raised and just nodding like he can see your point. Actually, do you know what? You've made me think a bit differently about that. 
Okay, well, have we got any Welsh fans in the audience? Ah, there one. you are. Yeah, what, one. one. I mean, two. Um, right, what do you make of the whole situation at the moment? I think it's brilliant. Um, we've got a whole team here which have been played big wages. We get them out paying France, England. In the meantime, we've got guys like Pratchell who get game time. Uh, would we see Jordan Williams playing now if Lee Byrne was, was uh, still in Wales? Um, no, it's great. In fact... <laughs> Uh, you know, long should it continue? Are you being sarcastic? No, absolutely not. Uh, we've got all these guys here now being paid, you know, top cash. It, 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 to me, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're still going to be available for international window. They might not be available for the week after. Uh, sorry, the week before. I'd rather have good players not as easily available than you know, not yeah, not so good players available. I do you, to, do you want to debrief, critique your own performance there, JB? I, I, I've talked my headphones off because... Is it finished now? Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, so, um, he was squirming listening to that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awful. Uh, why don't I just stop? I, I made a good point. Everyone is convinced to my Mate, I have to edit the podcast. I know only too well that that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, and then I carried on. Uh, I did really like... Uh, when she asked, "Are you being sarcastic?" Are you being sarcastic? Well, she, she genuinely didn't know if you were taking the mick on it. I should. I mean, I suppose if you're South Wales and you've supported those teams throughout your throughout your life, I mean, it's kind of like if you supported Leicester Tigers and all of a sudden all of their players go. But a really good example it involves Leicester Tigers, which is shouldn't one of the prime positions in English rugby be held by a young Englishman, not a young Welshman? Which is the case now with Leicester Tigers ten shirt. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. I I get get your point, actually. Potentially, Owen Williams is going to get primed for international rugby by playing at Leicester Tigers. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that pretty much settles my case. Uh, I think it's an example of where it's, well, working two Wales' advantage and working against the other countries. Mm. Um, But there are... There would be more benefits, or there would be benefits of having... Because we have... All those players playing in Wales. Uh, now, Phil, your moment. Oh, no. Uh, this is Sarah Elgin coming to you. Oh, listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to listen to this. Not as easily available, then, you know, not, yeah, not so good players available. I don't agree with you. I want, I want my kids to grow up watching Welsh players play in their rugby in Wales. Oh, right. So what do you think of the situation? Yeah, I agree. Um, with me or with your mate? With you. Yeah. Un- un- unless there can be a George North-style deal where they're available for the international window, particularly like before the Six Nations and then the uh, break window in the Six Nations. OK, well, it's just, just going to go on and on. Oh, there you go, Phil. Ten out of ten for brevity. You got to your point. You made yeah, it. Exactly. I thought you both did really well. Oh, thank you, Tim. It is scary. Uh, you said to me afterwards, Tim, The uh, did you get the adrenaline rush? Mm. Oh, my God, did I? Uh, yeah, like... It's unbelievable. Well done, guys. Thank you, Tim. Cheers, Tim. Have either of you ever been on TV before that? Uh, have I? No. I have a feeling I might have. Were you not on uh, School of Hard Knocks? Oh, yeah, I've been but on not. School of Hard Knocks playing, but I wasn't speaking. I've, uh, when was I on? Do it every morning? Telly. Yeah, well, I'm on the radio every morning, yeah, but that's that's a bit different. I, oh, it never made it to telly. Do you remember, remember like, there was a Ibiza Uncovered? Oh, yeah. Well, there was University Uncovered that was a TV show that was being made that was going around to universities and just going on people's nights out. And they wanted me on it to down a pint because I'm a bit swift. Oh, you mm. told me that. And, I uh, can't believe they cut that. It, well, it, no, it never made it to telly. Oh, the, oh, the, it, the, the series. The whole programme never made it to television. I remember watching Ibiza Uncovered when I was 13, thinking it was the best programme ever. <laughs> and couldn't wait to get to Ibiza. I, I've, st- I've never been. <laughs> Well, there you go. You've still got dreams, JB. Still got dreams to fulfil. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on Friday for a podcast looking ahead to the final round of matches 
on of the Heineken Cup in the pool stages. That should be a really, really exciting crescendo to that one. So we'll see you Friday for that. Well, go on then, JB. As, as you took the star in role there, you, you can pick the song that we get played out to as you, uh, you had your controversial and well-put <laughs> point to Sarah Elgin live on Ooh, telly. Can we have the, the Munster changing room? Yeah. That's my, that, is, that is genuinely my favourite. There you go. We'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.